The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Carl Thomas, I bet even you have to watch the January 6 hearings which are exposing the mendacity of Donald Trump so badly, are you? Yes, of course. Uh, it's part of my job as a syndicated newspaper columnist. And uh, I've watched other things. I remember watching the uh, back in the days of Richard Nixon, the Watergate hearings. And it's part of my job. Look, this is and very, this is very nearly as bad. This is as bad as Watergate, isn't it? Well, it, it depends on your perspective, but uh, I, I'm worried, Matt, what comes next. Uh, you know, as an American, our politics is so toxic now, and we are so divided as a people that nobody can reach common ground on any issue in the Congress or in our political system. So there are two members of the January 6th committee, Adam Schiff, who helped promote the uh, Russian collusion uh, fiasco, which turned out to be untrue, and Zoe Lofgren, who have said uh, publicly there's enough material from the testimony of the witnesses to warrant possible criminal charges be referred to the Justice Department. Now, when this was uh, the case with Richard Nixon, uh, who resigned before he was impeached, Gerald Ford, his successor, pardoned Nixon because he thought that was the only way to heal the nation. I don't think that uh, most Americans who are not fanatics on one side or the other would like to see a former president of the United States prosecuted and possibly jailed. Uh, I think that would unleash a revenge mentality in this country that would uh, encourage certain Republicans to do the same to the next Democrat president. Hold on so, a second. Sorry, it, Cal, Cal. You're making an assumption that the next Democratic president would behave as outrageously as Donald Trump did on January the 6th. Are you actually suggesting a pardon for the appalling undermining of democracy in which Trump has clearly been demonstrated to be part of. I think, Matt, as I've said before, that the election was legitimate. I believe that there were some uh, uh, fraudulent activities. There always are in any election, but not enough to make a significant difference. I think that Trump uh, listened only to those voices that fed his narcissism, including Rudy Giuliani, who, according to uh, uh, one person, uh, was drunk the night he gave... uh, 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 sustenance to Trump and told him that he had won the election and should declare victory. There's a lot of bad stuff here, but there's bad stuff in every administration. No administration is pure. I'm just concerned about the future of electoral politics in the United States and what uh, a criminal prosecution against a former president would do to our already uh, tainted politics in America. But Cal, isn't that exactly why there's a prosecution needed? That No previous president has tried to undermine democracy in living memory at any time in the way that Trump has. How can you give him a fool's pardon and say, well, we have to do it because it's a bigger picture? I'm glad you said in the way that Trump has, because some people old enough to remember uh, the 1960 election when uh, the Kennedy family... paid off some folks in uh, West Virginia, and the mayor of uh, Chicago got some extra votes, which put Illinois over the top for Kennedy and barely gave him the election. There is uh, corruption because people are flawed people uh, in any power center. And while I hope Trump doesn't run again, 
and I think there are you know people who are much younger who are better qualified and I'm interested that a lot of Democrats are now saying that Biden shouldn't run again and they're saying it on the record because he's too old and he's disengaged uh, but I, I really think it would be a bad bad scene for a former president to be hauled into criminal court. But we'll see what happens. But what do you make of that, Marion McKeown, that he's somehow untouchable, no matter what he's shown to have done? Well, I would take the opposite view. It has been said repeatedly by numerous judges, um, and including Katani Brown-Jackson, uh, who will now be sitting on the Supreme Court, that presidents are not kings. Presidents are not above the law. Now, I, I take the opposite view to you, Cal. I say that unless you do prosecute Trump, if there is evidence, and to me there seems to be an abundant amount of criminal intent, if you do not do this, you're saying to future presidents, do what you want, knock yourself out, you are in fact a king, you can do whatever the hell you want because you are president. And you know, Cal, there is no moral equivalence here. You know, I defy you to point out one single thing that happened in the Obama administration that was anything like this, or even the Bush administration for that matter. The Trump administration was just a cesspit of corruption. And, you know, one of the things that I'm so glad that has been raised in this finally, which we've spoken about many times on this show, is the grift that was accompanied by this. I've always said that I do not believe Trump for a moment believed that he won the election. What he wanted to do was to basically burn the, ha- the house down and, and because he couldn't stay there, but also to rob the safe on the way out the door. He saw an opportunity to make millions and millions, a quarter of a billion dollars uh, for, you know, that he could use any way he wanted by perpetuating this lie about a stolen election. And I think that was one of his key motivations. Well, actually, as it happens, we have some audio, Marion, I want to play. Amanda Wick, Senior Investigative Counsel for the January 6th Committee, showing how Trump used his false claims of election fraud to raise money. Today in January 6th, the Trump campaign sent millions of fundraising emails to Trump supporters, sometimes as many as 25 a day. The emails claimed the, quote, left-wing mob was undermining the election, implored supporters to, quote, step up to protect the integrity of the election, and encouraged them to, quote, fight back. But as the select committee has demonstrated, the Trump campaign knew these claims of voter fraud were false, yet they continued to barrage small-dollar donors with emails, encouraging them to donate to something called the Official Election Defense Fund. The select committee discovered no such fund existed. The claims that the election was stolen were so successful, President Trump and his allies raised $250 million, nearly $100 million in the first week after the election. Grifters. Marion, even the likes of Kimberly Guilfoyle, the former Fox presenter who's now hooked up with Donald Trump Jr., she got 60 grand for making an introductory speech for her boyfriend. Yeah, well, no, at, at the ellipse that day, she was two and a half minutes, she got 60 grand. But, you know, Matt, I, the, the committee hasn't just discovered this. I wrote about this last year, about the fact that there was no such thing as a legal defence fund, about the fact that not a penny Trump raised was being used to fight election fraud. He wasn't paying any of those fees. He stiffed his lawyers, as he does, again, including Giuliani. Uh, and, and that even with his, his January 6th, as he calls martyrs and patriots, he hasn't used a penny that money to help them with their defence. It was an absolute grift along the lines of Trump University and all his other grifts. And this is something that I think is is equally that he was willing to to basically 
upend the country to destroy democracy just to fuel his own ego and also because he saw a chance because he always sees a chance to make money and and you know so to me both of them are are equally appalling but i i think that this is you know if you have a president who has so little regard for the country for democracy for the institutions for the constitution and and you say oh you know what let's not let, let's not go after him this thing and I, you know i i want to get back to it cal this is the excuse that's used by democrats as well as republicans to avoid making a moral stand where they say oh well you know if if we get rid of the filibuster then the republicans will do the same when they get back into office and you know there's all this kick it down the road it is wrong elect officials and I just saw Jason Crow speak about how people are calling Mike Pence a hero for withstanding pressure all Mike Pence was asked to do was to tell the truth and incidentally I was one of the people I got those 25 emails a day Mike Pence signed off on many many of those emails saying the, the election has been stolen the left-wing mob are going to overtake the country you know they were all in on okay. it they all gave their names to it all right, uh, Carl, before I come back to you, I want to play another little bit of audio. Liz Cheney saying that Trump accepted advice from Rudy Giuliani when he was drunk, rather than actually listen to the election experts. President Trump rejected the advice of his campaign experts on election night and instead followed the course recommended by an apparently inebriated Rudy Giuliani to just claim he won and insist that the vote counting stop to falsely claim everything was fraudulent. He falsely told the American people that the election was not legitimate. In his words, quote, a major fraud. Millions of Americans believed him. Now, Cal, there's a couple of things there. First is the how drunk Giuliani has managed to have influence in the Trump universe, but also... Liz Cheney is not a Democrat. She's a Republican. She comes from sort of Republican royalty to an extent, given her father was a Republican vice president under George Bush. And yet she is now vilified and trolled by her own party who prefer to go with the lies of Trump. Does that not worry you as a conservative? Well, Matt, uh, let's remember that uh, she was selected by uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, along with Adam Kinzinger, uh, who were anti-Trumpers before they were selected. So I think that's one of the things that concerns uh, some people, the imbalance on the committee. But yeah, I think Giuliani has really fallen from a tremendous platform. When he was mayor of New York City, he he reduced crime, he cleaned up Times Square, sent the adult bookstores over to 9th and 10th Avenue, uh, made the streets safer, uh, crime uh, declined, and now he's just become a a sad shadow of his former self. But Marion spoke a moment ago about grifters. If you want to look at grifters, let's not forget the Clinton administration. Bill Clinton used to sell these uh, coffees and access to the uh, Lincoln bedroom. And the Clinton Foundation that raised millions of money from donors who wanted access to Hillary as Secretary of State and to Bill Clinton himself. If you're looking for honesty and uprightness in politics, you're probably looking in the wrong place. But that doesn't diminish uh, Trump's character problems, which are severe, I would add. What do you say to that? that they're all at it. Clintons. You wouldn't... You... No, 
You know what? The Clintons were not perfect. Uh, nobody said they were, but you know this. This, um, <laughs> no, but you know what? They, they, yes, there were, there were. You know, Bill Clinton was impeached. He did lie. He, you know, he behaved disgracefully. His morally, he was disgraceful. But in a presidential sphere, you know, there, there is no convincing. The Clinton Foundation, Cal. Just so you know, when I was working in Africa, I saw work that the Clinton Foundation did, and it was really important, good work. They did a lot of good work. It was, yes, you may say they gave access to different people, but it was not for the, to line the Clinton's own pockets. They did enormous work in helping the poorest and the most deprived people. So, you know, I, it, it's a total false equivalency to, to say that. And I, I think that you know that uh, as well. No, that I don't know that, Marianne. I always, I don't well, usually well, address I you. I usually just hand. address Matt. I, I saw it firsthand. Uh, you know, yes, when, you when I was there, the Clinton yeah, Foundation did go... A small percentage. Did, did go... No, no, Cal, I, th- I think, you know, read the reports. There are reports from that foundation. You can read them. Uh-huh. You can inspect them yourself. Yeah. You know, th- you, this is not bad to in fact. What well, you're claiming. in fairness, I don't They're think... Uh, reports, sorry, has, has anyone ever accused Donald Trump of helping anyone else other than himself? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think he's ever done any charitable work, even in Queens, let alone in Africa. You're probably right. Okay, Joe Biden, let's talk about him. We're, we're running late, but we better talk about Joe Biden. You know, his age, I know you've been bringing up his age and his mental being on a few occasions previously, Cal, but it strikes me that Trump in office was more mentally unhinged than anything we've been hearing about Joe Biden since. Well, Matt, when you see people like David Axelrod, who was a top aide to President Obama, and other uh Uh, leading Democrats go on the record in the New York Times and others off the record saying things like Axelrod did that if Biden got a second term, he would be closer to 90 years old than to 80 years old. And he is already demonstrating cognitive difficulties. Uh, Just yesterday, he said that he wasn't going to Saudi Arabia. And 30 seconds later, he said he was going to Saudi Arabia. This is uh, this is a a characteristic of someone with severe cognitive problems. I feel sorry for him. He should retire from the scene and let somebody else on the Democratic side who is much younger uh, get the nomination. But he can't do that before the off-year election. I'm surprised that a man of your age is being ageist. (laughs) Well, not everybody who is my age or Trump's age uh, display the same mental capacities. And so, you know, some people who are 79, 80, 81 years old have all of their faculties. Other people are uh, in decline. I hope I'm not one who is in decline, though probably you and Marion would think so. No, I wouldn't say that at all, Cal. But Marion, I'm not convinced that Joe Biden's mental capacities are in decline. Is this just a sort of an easy option for those who were opposed to him to try and promote? Well, I don't think Carl's in, in decline in any way, so I think I, would, I would like to say that first. Um, Thank you. I, you know, I think that there is something in this, that, that both things can be true. I, I think that, okay, let's take the Saudi Arabia situation. It is a huge mistake for Biden to go to Saudi Arabia, you know, and I think that he's he's rowing back on the, you know, this this whole um, Ukraine situation, they have ignored, it's as if climate change and the threats to climate don't exist anymore now. Biden wants to get back into bed with the Saudis for pure expediency. He should be focusing at this moment more and more on the need to find viable alternatives to, to um, fuels and to promote them because they have been discovered. Uh, I think that, it, it to me, it would be, the Democrats are panicking. They're looking at a, a 
pummeling in the midterms. And I think they, they know in their hearts that Biden will not be re-elected. They have to get a replacement. They want to bring in somebody else. And I think that they but are who? saying he is too old. Well, uh, we'll, I, we'll discuss know, that next week. I would say somebody like Gavin Newsom. Well, um, we'll discuss that next week because I've gone way over time. It's gone past six o'clock. I was supposed to take an ad break about five minutes ago. Thank you, Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.